A deep sense of love and belonging is an irreducible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to love, to be loved, and to belong. Brene Brown. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Or sometimes you don't want anyone to know your name, but desire an unspoken understanding that an activity or a place is important to your sense of peace. These are our third places, where we share love with our community and can just be. Our guest today is Ronke Faleti, wife, mother, and founder of Coraday House, a third space for women in the heart of St. Louis. We'll talk about Coraday House and the outside-the-box way they use real estate to help these women be themselves. Here's our chat with Ronke. Welcome back to the show, thinkers. Another episode of Doorward Thinking here for you. It's the show where we talk about the heart of real estate people. And Jake, one of my favorite people back in the studio. How are you doing today? Oh, good, man. I've been like here for the last couple of weeks. Like, where's where's our host? Where's our host? He's off like <laughs> honeymooning or something. Yes. Congrats on the wedding, Nate. Thank you, Jake. That was a really beautiful day just a couple of weeks ago and just couldn't say more about it. Total blast. And thank you for being one of my best men on that day. It's really special. I was honored. I can't believe you let me give a toast. That was dangerous. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, he, he started playing Star Wars theme music in the middle of it. It was, That's dope. It was really great. <laughs> well, we have a very exciting conversation with Ronke Faleti today, the founder of Coraday House, a third space for women here in St. Louis. But first, we'd like to start by extending a special thank you to all of our subscribers. We ask that you please leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast, and we'll give you a shout out for each review you give and read our favorites. So go ahead and send us a review. It really helps to get our show out there to more people who would find this conversation helpful and interesting. And we also want to let you guys know first, because of all your support and the we're so grateful for the loyalty, uh, we want to let you know first about... The, a giveaway that's coming up. And so stay tuned for a little, uh, the contest announcement towards the end of the episode. The easiest five hundo you ever made. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. But okay, now that that's out of the way, I'd like to introduce Ronke. How are you hello, doing today? Hello, I'm doing well. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Hi, guys. Happy to be here. Oh, we're happy to have you too. So, I've been hearing about Coraday House from Jake and yes. looked online and saw you're in a ton of publications <laughs> and there's a lot of fun stuff. So I'll just cut to the quick and let you tell us a little bit about how you got involved and and where it is now. Yes. Thank you, Nate and Jake, for having me. And I'd love to tell you about, you know, Third Spaces. So I love the way you started out the conversation talking about um, Brene Brown's quote about belonging. We all have this need to belong, to be loved, to have a place to just be, right? And right now, loneliness is a big problem. So loneliness in America, in the West, really is a big problem. But we all live in this country and the data suggests or says that loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day right now oh on gosh. your health. 
Um, we have data that suggests that 57% of Americans, regardless of whether or not they are married or single, eat meals alone. Mm. We have data that tells us that 35% of parents feel extremely lonely and isolated. 54% of new mothers feel they have no friends. 66% of parents report being burned out. And a third space is a place that's not home, which is your first place. Or work, which is your second place. A third space is really a place like where everybody knows your name, right? Like the chairs. <laughs> uh, and it's a place you can just hide out at, yeah. right? You can just be. And we, there's an erosion of third spaces now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, historically, like a third space is a church, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to be rich or poor. You, everybody can go to church, right? Yeah. A third space is a park. Some people use a gym as a third space. But we don't really have a lot of them. And so that's why I can tell you a little later about why what I was experiencing in the pandemic mm-hmm. in order to really think, OK, this is how I want to do real estate yeah. is to put heart inside of real estate. And still, I mean, at the end of the day, we are not for loss. Right. And so there's still money to be made, but putting the heart, heart and soul first. Yeah, that's OK. I think why, why do people... Think that these things have to be like totally separate, and in, in, yeah. in the sense of like, well, there's there's like the for profit which is right. inhumane, and there's the <laughs> like not for profit which yeah. is kind of totally reliant on some other system. Right, right. That's a struggle of a model. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. You're talking about an erosion of third spaces. Yes, and also that people are lonely. So I'm trying to like reconcile the two in in my thoughts here. Do you think people are feeling lonely because of that erosion or is there something else taking over in the first place or the second place? So, you know, you have a lot of, um, you know, the how we're different, right, is that we prioritize leisure. And so we are liaise, leisure, chill. We accommodate mm-hmm. work because in our third space, we do have a creative workspace that's a dedicated space to work if you need to. But most of the spaces are communal in nature. Um, Our third space happens to have a nap lounge. Our third space happens to have wellness suites where you can actually think of it like a hotel room inside the house. It is in a home. And so it's a 4,500 square foot home. Our third space has a kids club. And so you can check in your kids while you take a nap, (laughs) that type of thing, or if you need to work, right? But my hypothesis for the erosion really has to do with technology, even though we are better, we have accessibility to be better connected, we're actually not better connected. You know, many of us, myself included, sometimes as social as I am, as um, extroverted as I am, I have anxiety calling people on the phone. Like, if I don't talk to you all the time, like, what am I calling you about? Like, you know, even though I kind of miss you, okay, you know, like, I miss you a little bit, <laughs> but what am I calling you about? And so I... Is there a guilt there? There is an anxiety. It's an anxiousness, Uh I I Uh think. And so we are social beings Mm -hmm. as people, right? We are herd animals, if you think about it. But for whatever reason, and my hypothesis is the technology, is that I think I know you because I've seen your Instagram post or your Facebook profile or whatever the case may be, but I'm not in community with you. 
So there's like a mismatch. There is. And one thing I like to say all the time, it's such a new idea. It's a cool idea, what I'm doing at Corey Day House, but it's a new idea that it takes a minute. There's a lot of education to be done. And one of the things that I say all the time is that we might all read the New York Times, but we're not in the same community, Mm -hmm. right? And the village oftentimes need a meetup spot. Mm-hmm. And so Corridor House is the spot that the village meets and communes. And so our three tenants is community, is CSR, right? Not corporate social responsibility, <laughs> but community <laughs> storytelling and restorative care. And so I believe that when you create, when you're intentional about curating experiences for people, and our mission is to help families grow better, right? Through community storytelling and restorative care. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you have a space, then you can create those kind of programming, that storytelling in nature, right? And that creates community and the house takes care of the restorative care because it's the place you can just be. You can just, there's no need to be productive, mm. right? We, we can be a human being, not mm. a human doing, like that's trending right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there an order to how that happens? Like is it, is it CSR in that order for a reason? Yeah, so what your is there an order to like do we start with a C or the S or the R? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And so the R is always there. Mm-hmm. The restorative care nature of it is the home itself. Yes. You know, one of the things the most consistent word that I hear when people come to Corridor House is peace. Mm-hmm. And I love that. There's yeah. a major peace here. I feel peace here. There's so oh, the vibes, the man, I don't wanna leave. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. And How'd so, you do that? Je ne sais pas. You got I the mean, magic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, you know, I felt like this was a divine calling for sure for mm-hmm. me. For this time, this is the assignment I'm supposed to be on. And so I have to believe that because it is aligned. I am aligned. People align with it when they come into the space. It sounds like from our, our previous conversation mm-hmm. before uh, the episode, it's like where those things just keep coming in that alignment for you. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer. So I would say this for, I was in corporate America for 18 years. Right. And I was <laughs> one of the things that people always used to say as a compliment is that you're so authentic. And in my head, I'm like, are we all <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, but I don't really believe in bifurcating my identity, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a human, I'm a, you know, Catholic, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, sister, friend, founder, you know, scared half the time, right? Like <laughs> I'm all of that. And, you know, in corporate America, you kind of need to like check a lot of you outside, <laughs> Right. right. Leave it at the door. Leave it at the door. And I didn't always leave everything at the door. I'm pretty forward with mm-hmm. who I am. Right. It's just is. But at Corey Day House, I am myself and I give license for everybody to be themselves. They don't have to bifurcate their identity. You can talk about your child that is, you know, on the spectrum, or you can talk about your marriage that's struggling. You can talk about the fact that you're starting this business or the fact that you just got, you know, let go. There was a, you know, a member that literally got let go at Corey Day House, but she was able to come downstairs and had a community ready Mm -hmm. to 
love on her and a place yes. to belong, right? Yes. And so at Corridor House, you can you can be your whole self. You get to where some of the anxiousness comes from, and therefore why people feel peace at Corridor House. Yeah, because. They're not bifurcating themselves. You're not. There's no summers. There's no mental juggling somersaults or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I really do. And I think the the home we engineer warmth and belonging. And so it's so the way we do that is it's really hard for strangers to become friends or friendly or vulnerable, right? And it's an inherently vulnerable space. It's a right. home. Yeah. And so one of the ways we engineer that is we always have a question of the day. Mm-hmm. And so it's a way for members and guests to interact and everybody knows it's kind of like that's what that's what today's question is. Right. It gets deep quick, surprisingly. And, you know, one of the deepest questions that I didn't even think was going to be deep was how are you like a butterfly? Yeah, I read about you. that. Yeah. What were some of the responses oh that gosh. you got for that? Some people spend 45 minutes answering that question. Wow. It's it's fascinating. So some of it, they they go to inner child as, you know, when I was younger, some people talk about how um, they stayed in the cocoon too long, Mm. right? Some people talk about the crystallis, right? Like how they actually, like they focus on different aspects of it. I had to die to self in order to actualize. You know, some people talk about how, you know, they know, oh, this one, there was a gentleman that said this last week and I was like, bars. Is that like a butterfly knows it's beautiful and doesn't change, doesn't have to change itself to adapt to the environment. Mm. Right. And so and the butterfly, that beautiful butterfly only has like two weeks to live. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Once it's an adult, but it's so confident in who it is that it's not like, yo, this is me, homie, check. (laughs) And so. I just love the way that I'm able to be in the presence and hear people's incredible stories. So that's the storytelling aspect. Got it. Got that's it. Yeah, one was, of storytelling aspects. It yeah. sounds like based on some of the reflection that people are doing, it's also part of the restorative care. It is. It is. You say, the restorative care is yeah. through the whole thing. It's through the, the restorative, restorative care is like the, you know, if you think back to corporate America, mm-hmm. right? It's the baseline. It's like mm-hmm. that horizontal, what do you call it? Like, um, see, I'm drawing a horizontal line on like a PowerPoint in my mind. <laughs> like a spectrum. Yes. Like you know, it's the basis is the foundation. foundation. Back to real estate. Nice. Thank you. It's the foundation on which everything else gets put in. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of healing yeah. without necessarily having to have a clinical setting. And I think we're struggling back to loneliness, right? Mm -hmm. And isolation. We're struggling with just being human and being connected. That once you come there, you are like, oh, oh, okay. It sounds literally restorative in the sense that you are removing the need for division and projecting a certain persona at your first place or your second place where maybe there's an expectation of you to be a certain way or do a certain thing. So where I can just literally restore my sanity and bring all of these parts of myself back into one whole me. Like, so when we do our onboarding, we're intentional. We don't ask you what you do for a living, right? It's not, 
It's not. Nice. We don't ask it's, you what company you work for. Because yeah. you ain't asking that at church. <laughs> right? You're just, it's right. a third space. Right. right? But maybe it's part of the corrosion of other third spaces. Is It's, it's very common now Who's at who? the bar, right? Mm-hmm. At, hey, so what do you do? Yeah. Like, and because they're trying to like put you in a box. Absolutely. I remember I went to, <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember I went to this event with my husband a couple of years ago. And there was this, you know, it's, I, I don't do great with networking events. Although, again, I'm pretty social <laughs> and sociable. But I am too authentic for a lot of it. <laughs> and so there was this gentleman that, so what do you do? You know, like was my husband. And I think at the time my husband was running for public office. So his face was everywhere. Everybody knew who it was. And so it was like, so what do you, like the first question, not hi, who are you? Uh, what do you do? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> I was like, nothing. I really want to be like, I'm a janitor. Like I clean shit up. I don't know. And my husband felt the need to rescue me. You know, she's a senior vice president at a financial service. Like, babe, don't do that. And then his eyes literally perked like, oh, now I have interest in talking to you. No, sir, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that most, see, y'all got me talking now. I think that's that like. <laughs> most of our relationships are transactional and that's a problem. You know, most of our relationships before, you know, I'm pro therapy. I, I, I have done therapy. I'm super pro, but a lot of us are in therapy because we don't want to talk to our friends or mm. sisters or cousin, brother, like human problems is not new. Like we ain't right. new at this. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back in the day, People talked Mm -hmm. to each other. They were vulnerable. Yeah, with each other, which meant expectation. But now we are like, I don't want you holding me accountable. I'd rather pay you 100 bucks every other week to hold me accountable because I am going to be my Instagram self with you. Best life. Quote unquote friend. Yeah, it's a mask. Sister, whatever. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of the reason why we're lonely is because we're not real with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Early on, we used to describe like the problem that we were trying to solve with our social Mm -hmm. real estate platform was that sick feeling that everybody gets inside when they think about all the things they have to do and be and, you know, do by themselves. All those like Mm -hmm. boxes they have to check and things they have to not let fall through the cracks. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I think it's, it's we kind of landed on that because it's, it's bigger than real estate. Mm-hmm. It's There's also a village. You're creating a support system. Well, actually, the feeling is bigger than real mm-hmm. estate. Oh, like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. This is something that it's a shared experience for sure. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're doing a good job like breaking down those walls and barriers from people to realize like that, hey, there's a person on the other side of this mask. Right. And I mean, that's the prayer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, Jake, that maybe that feeling that people get when they look at everything they need to learn, all of the things like on the blogs that say, Do this, then this, then this, then this, right? Do you think that maybe the feeling stems from an internal understanding of, but that's not me? Mm. 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 Yeah, and that therefore some of the anxiousness, right? Mm. Or like what you were talking about before, like picking up the phone to call someone and feeling like, should I really be calling this person? Because mm-hmm. I, 
I know like that pedestal self that they put on Instagram <laughs> and like, but I'm just, I'm just me over here. And how can I like put this on them? Right. It's a struggle. You know, we are going to be starting a summer camp for kids uh, six through 11 next month. And it's around confidence and storytelling, right? Because yeah. we as adults, we struggle with that confidence. Mm. We really do. And to be able to like the anxiousness and I see it in my kids. Mm. Right. And I grew up in a society where I was born. I was telling uh, you guys, I was born and raised in Nigeria and it's a pretty <laughs> Nigerians are hella confident. Right. <laughs> like, and I love it. <laughs> hella confident. I was telling Do you know Jake, other Nigerian friends? I, I have a few. Yeah. 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 Just from med school yeah. and back in California where it's just like, I was like, they carry themselves like so stately. Yes. And it's just, I love it. They're just here for what they're here for. And it's great. <laughs> and you know what is amazing about that? So I would say this. I don't know if you have Nigerian listeners, but Alata, Omalata is, <laughs> it's a, it's semi-derogatory. It's what you call the child of a woman selling, see, this is where I bust out my African accent. It's the child of a woman selling pepe. On the markets. So like Omalata is a lower class person, right? Mm. But Omalata can undress a president with her words. Like the <laughs> confidence. Omalata yeah, would tell you, yeah. who do you think you are? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, like she will carry herself with the stately nature mm-hmm, right. of a prince in a palace. Mm-hmm, as she mm-hmm. should, right? Mm-hmm. And so all kids here suffer from incredible debilitating lack of confidence. I don't even know what the word is. Like we teach people to be sheepish Mm -hmm. and like a little like demure and cowardly and like, just kind of like, you know, but if you're a child and you see that your mother and father are princes, Mm -hmm. are are kings Mm -hmm. and queens, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you have some of that confidence? And so is it, is it some of of the problem? No, (laughs) no, I mean, I think the environment dictates your level of confidence. I think the environment there dictated the confidence, but the environment here, no. Like most people are not confident. Y'all know that, right? Most adults are not. Because the parents are not confident. No, it's the environment. No, 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 no. Me and my husband are hella confident. Okay. Okay. Our kids are like, not at all. Okay, like they okay. struggle big time. And they probably spend most of their time out in the environment. It's the environment. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're at work. He's yeah. at work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, okay, give you a little anecdote. So sure. I go to church and, you know, I tell my son, go put money in the basket. Just go in the back. I can't do that. Like, why can't you do that? He's like, why do you, f-? he asks me, how come you act like you own the place here, right? Like, why do you feel so confident? I was like, this is God's house. Like, everybody should be confident here. Right, like, right, nobody's right. going to beat you. Nobody's going to spank you. Nobody's going to talk yeah, to you. What do you like, think's going to happen? Just walk down and put the money in the basket. Because literally, it's like, <laughs> it's it's God, it's us, and like right. everybody else. And that basket is nothing. <laughs> Compared to everything else here. So, but that's the environment, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. where everybody's Mm -hmm. like, you can't say that. Yeah, why not? Who's stopping Mm -hmm. you? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So, yeah. This is why when people see your authenticity, they're empowered. Like, oh, she's saying things that. 
It's weird. She can't say. I think it's weird. I, I've learned. I used to think we were all authentic until mm. I, the the frequency of the compliment made me realize, and I put compliments in air quotes, uh, <laughs> made me realize that. I guess maybe we're not. Maybe we all feel like we have to be a certain way to be accepted. And so like back to this third space concept that you don't have to be a certain way Mm -hmm. to be accepted. You can literally just be who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I first met you a number of years ago, yeah, yeah, like, and may even have gone back further than that event at Wash U. Really? Okay. I, I want, and maybe, I don't know, I want to say Startup Week at some point as well. <sighs> maybe. Light bulb just yeah, went yeah. off. <laughs> so I saw it in, her, case, in your face. In any case, oh, like, so man. you invest in real estate. Yes, right? I do. Mm-hmm. And and it sounds like, as you were saying before, Corday House was born into a butterfly. Yes. But it was a caterpillar in a cocoon for multiple a long things. time. Like, yes. it's, it's like... Yes. You know, going through a, to the stage where it actually kind of like Pop, comes wow. out, is mm-hmm. born, right? Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like some of the journey? Dude, oh my gosh, yes. So I've been a entrepreneur for, <laughs> <laughs> for a long time. Um, yeah. So when I was a kid, no. <laughs> but like legit, <laughs> a little bit. So, you know, I came to America when I was 11 and I was in eighth grade and I started I think that's when I started the hustle. Like maybe, mm-hmm. And I also, the environment, Africans are hustlers. They come to this country and they're like, you know, what I got to do to feed the village back home, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I was in an environment with ambitious people. And so in high school, I sold bracelets uh, to pay for prom. Uh, in college, I sold books door to door, you know, uh, Southwestern company, shout out to all the people who sold books in rural My Missouri and that. Kentucky. Yes. Oh, so yeah. I, I needed to pay for college, right? I was, um, I, I needed to pay for school. And so I did $30,000 in retail in 10 weeks. And that was really good because I was able to pay for the next three semesters and pay back my now yeah, so I was able to uh, make $30,000 in 10 weeks, pay for the next three semesters in school till I graduated and paid back my now husband, boyfriend at the time. So he invested early. So wow, he's been an man. early investor. So he, he paid for the semester, a one of the semesters I flunked out. I got three Fs, one D and a C <laughs> because I didn't have money to buy books and I worked uh, selling Kirby vacuums that semester. So mm-hmm. I was working 60 hour a week. Anyway. But the hustle was real. So I think I've always had that kind of hustle. Um, And when I graduated uh, college, I was blessed to have a great opportunity to be in a a leadership program with JP Morgan. And then soon after, you know, came to St. Louis uh, to um, also work for um, Wells Fargo in a great capacity, great career, you know, 18 years incorporating financial services. But in that time, I always had this, you know, gosh, you talk about. I wanted to open a sip and swirl on Wash Ave right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, kind of like a, a Froyo type thing. Mm-hmm. I've wanted a lot of different things. But um, after I had my third kid, so I have four children. After I had my third, 
I decided that I was, while, while I was on maternity leave, I was going to give entrepreneurship a, 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 another go. Another go. Yeah. And so that's when I started the handbags for, it's leather, 100% leather handbags for women. And so prior to having babies, most women didn't wear primary colors. And so it was a bag that you didn't have to bifurcate your identity. That's mm. always been big for me. Mm-hmm. So you can, the interior wipe clean. He had an insulated pocket that was removable. Um, he had a key clip and he had pockets. The problem, I mean, Michael, everybody can put pockets in the totes, right? You, sure. Everybody can put pockets in it. <laughs> they just choose not to <laughs> because they're trying to make money, right? Mm. So the $180 tote for them probably cost them 40 bucks. Yeah. If they put lining in it, it might be another 10 to 15 bucks, but they don't want to, they don't want to do that. And so I chose to do that. And so that's where Corridy was first born. Corridy was born as a handbag line for the woman behind the mom. That's what I would say. And so fast forward. And the proceeds from that went to, where did they I go? I mean, proceeds? What bro. proceeds? <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking about, you're, you're talking about, it's for the village, right? It's for the village. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I mean, some proceeds, but, you know, not. And then in the pandemic. So, yeah. man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the pandemic, um, I felt, you mm. know, like there was this, I was trying to homeschool. I was working. I was I don't even like to think about that time, that early 2020 time, right? Late 2020. And I remember one evening I grabbed my keys and I said, I'm going for a drive. And my husband was like, where are you going? I was like, I don't know. Cause I really didn't know. And I started driving West to a friend who lived 30 minutes away. And I called her up. She was a single mom. I said, Hey, can I come over? Cause I need a community. And she says, sure. I go to her house. We didn't talk about my problems. We both had a glass of wine, watched trash TV for 20 minutes. And I drove back feeling well. And so I started asking people, where do you go? Where do you go where you got nowhere to go? And most of the women that I talked to said they hide in their car. They stay longer at work. Uncomfortable because they're sitting up, right? Or the most common response that I got was I make up a story and I go to Target. I wander the aisles of Target. And I've heard all of those at one point. You have. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, man, we deserve a space that I can curl up and just watch TV and I can open the fridge and drink, (laughs) eat. If I want to, I can sleep. I can take a nap. And if I want to work, I can work too. And so like, why don't we have that? Right. And I'm not the only one that needs it. And so what we've done at Corey Day House is not just create the third space for community, but we also pair with caregiving again, trying to help families grow better. So we provide child watch. We working on a meal service. We're working on laundry service, you know, and professional development. So different things, again, looking at the whole self, the holistic person, whole person and the real estate piece just to do a plug for others out there. You know, the way we intend on growing is, you know, through real estate. So it's a residential property that was converted mm-hmm. to commercial. And so there are many residential properties across the country, right? Ronald McDonald House is there for families in crisis. We want to be there to prevent crisis, mm-hmm. right? And we want to be everywhere. And so if we use that same house, 
as an Airbnb, for example, we could maybe get net maybe 40, 35 to 40,000 a year, right. right? As a third space, we are projecting about $800,000 in annual revenue. And so that's not profit, but that's, you're not going to make that in Airbnb, you know, right. in the same space. And so there is dollars and cents in putting heart in real estate. Because you're like, you're removing that exclusivity. It's like, pay for so much for a room, right. the fridge, whatever. Right. And in return for that exclusivity, you know, what I would get in this in Airbnb, mm-hmm. you know, you're offering something else that people need, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't get that in your Airbnb. <laughs> right. right. You go right. with your people. Right. And that's it. Right. And so, you know, there are organizations that are always looking for a place, a vulnerable place to gather. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it's available for organizations. It's available for individuals. Mm-hmm. It's uh, um, it's available for therapy. I mean, <laughs> the use cases are long, maybe seven, but yes, yeah. <laughs> there are multiple yeah, use cases. I, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. You're, you've taken a risk to do something that other people are not willing to do, but in sort of sacrificing, it's like the concept of the, the Airbnb right? Here is a, a model that somebody like put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you can do well, but you, you sort of like sacrifice so many other opportunities or even it sounds like in some cases really like the human touch, the, the right. sense of belonging, the community, et cetera. So it's taking a risk, but it, it allows so much more. For real estate investors listening, I would love to get in touch. For Airbnb owners listening, I would love to get in touch to build out our pipeline. We should always think about the future, although we are focused right now. The reason why I say that is, you know, most Airbnbs have a 54% occupancy or maybe 60% occupancy. Mm -hmm. And so there are lots of time that you can actually create as a third space within that space. And so that is our strategy to grow is actually to find partners in other cities to start testing out the waters in their space. Mm -hmm. Right. And if the market is ready, then we can plop a house there. Yeah. I love it. And there are people who are successful in Airbnb, but it's oh, yeah. becoming increasingly harder right. to make your mark mm-hmm. if you own an Airbnb mm-hmm. with a lot of cities passing laws, restricting <laughs> right. access or, you know, depending on your location over saturation. So right. might provide a nice alternative for somebody that has a property. Yeah. For sure. I also think there's a element of the number of vacant properties across the United States and the number of like underutilized. And I think in the corrosion of actual community, and we see this all across real estate, like the commercial sector is kind of hemorrhaging, given the fact that like all the offices that were built aren't being used. And then you have even just in the residential space because of people adding those second or third homes or what have you. Like 27% of residential real estate is vacant at any given point during the year. And it's like, meanwhile, like we have like a housing crisis. And meanwhile, like, you know, we don't have a sense of community. And, and so, and we have all the space. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How can we be creative? And so, what Corday House is doing is you're engineering like a solution to so many different problems 
with that boldness to create and take a risk that other yeah. people aren't willing to take? I mean, it's boldness, courage, prayer, for sure. I mean, I felt like this was the yes I was supposed to say. You know, one of my life mantras is to live a life of little or no regrets. And in January this year, when I had to choose between going, I had taken a two-month sabbatical to discern. Mm. And I had to choose between going back to corporate or doing this. I knew that I would regret not giving it a try. Mm. And the thing that's been most surprising to me is the healing power of the space. So the community I expected, the restorative care, I was like, yeah, the house takes care of that. <laughs> you know, the social element, I can engineer that. You know, I, I storytelling, you know, we're going to have storytelling sessions. I can do that. But the healing power, it's been worth and to know that creative house is helping people heal yeah. it's been really worth the yes mm. to the to this assignment at this time yeah that's so special but this part of the show yeah questions we have some questions <laughs> for you yes well prepared i see all right so listeners you know the drill at this point these are our three things I'm going to ask three questions from today's conversation that you can think about to help you discern uh, maybe some areas in your life where you can live better. I know that I'm going to. And so, Ronky, if you want to answer one of these questions after I'm done reading them, feel free. And listeners, you just go ahead and pause, think about these things. And if you need a little bit of motivation or direction, of where to go, you can go ahead and listen to Ronke's answer, okay? So the three things for this week. Number one, what is something you possess or own that could be useful to someone else? Number two, what is your favorite third space? And then to follow up, what made it special? And how can you take a piece of that special quality home with you? And number three, how does experiencing a problem impact your efforts to bring a solution to others? And listeners, as soon as you're ready, go ahead and pop it back on and we'll get Ronke's answer. <laughs> Thank you for that question. Um, so I'm trying to decide between the first and the third. So the first question is, what's something that I own that somebody else can use? Is that it? Yeah. That you own that could be useful to someone else. That could be useful to someone mm -hmm. else. Like everything, I can't pick one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is a solution to a problem that you have. How does experiencing a problem yourself, mm -hmm. like, yeah, 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 impact your efforts to bring a solution to other people? Yeah. So I'll answer that one. So a problem that I have or that we all have, I think they're not unique to us. And oftentimes we feel that burden and that loneliness and that isolation because we often think it's just us. There's a saying that a problem discussed is half solved, right? Because you immediately feel better. There's an immediate relief. And so for me, I needed this space for my sanity. I need the help to run my household because I'm overwhelmed. So I know I need community and I need caregiving. I need somebody to help me with care tasks, right? And so how I bring goodness, which is what Corriday means to bring goodness. Mm. How I bring goodness is by creating the thing that I want to see in the world. 
and it's Gandhi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to hold space with people who are also creating the things they want to see, like you guys <laughs> creating the things that they want to see in the world and making sure that I have enough of those people who will propel me forward mm. in the times that I want to give up. You know, there it takes a really long time to have deep roots for a tree that gives shade in 20 years. It takes a long time to have that. And we run out of steam all of the time because mm. we don't have the right community. And so... I would encourage anyone who's listening, it doesn't have to be something that's capital intensive as in turning a real estate into a third space. But if you have a challenge with whatever it is that you have a challenge with, you're not alone. And so if you find a solution that works for you, it's going to work for other people. Mm -hmm. We just have to have that courage to put it out there. And I think that's the hardest thing. Because for me, the hardest thing for me, the hardest, hardest thing for me was to, and I had to actually have, um, there's a coach here who coaches entrepreneurs specifically. And I had several sessions over putting myself out there, you know, because now you're giving your baby to the world to judge. And we live in a world where hashtag everybody has an opinion, right? <laughs> and everybody's judging. But in the book, oh, this is my favorite book. I got to live this with everyone. Changed my life. In the book, The Courage to be Disliked. <laughs> it's a fantastic book. It says that whatever it is that we do, we need to do with conviction. We need to do without expectation of praise or fear of reprimand. And so you have to do something that's true and honest. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you find a solution that's true and honest to you, it's going to resonate with others. Because problems are not singular. Problems are not singular. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, before we sign off, can you let listeners know how they can get in contact with you or Corriday House or even give a donation to your project? Oh my gosh, yes, thank you. Uh, You can find us online at www.corridayhouse.com or on socials at Corriday House on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, actually. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, Jake, another great conversation. Yeah. Somebody's about to win 500 hundo, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I remember. Yeah. She's not wrong. But yeah, I mean, I know it took a while to convince you to bring Rocket on. Oh, snap. But uh, I'm super happy it happened. Are you a believer? I'm a believer. Excellent. (laughs) Just teasing. Just teasing, Nate here. I literally just showed up and saw it on the calendar. I'm like, okay, we're doing this. Came back from honeymoon. Yeah. This is happening. I love it. I love it. Surprise. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us today. As always, you can learn more about Doorward at Doorward.com or follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or TikTok. We are also continuing our promotion for you to get on the Doorward platform. All you need to do is go to Doorward. You can download it on your phone or access it via the web and type in password Doorward. That's promo code Doorward, D-O-O-R-W-A-R-D. And you can be on the fastest growing network in real estate. This is Nate LeBlanc for Doorward Thinking, reminding you to bring goodness to the world and to get back to living.